Today's guest is the world expert on huntsman spiders. Dr. Peter Jaeger of the Senckenberg Museum in Frankfurt, Germany, is going to talk to us about two new genera and two new species from Madagascar. We're going to talk about the species he named after the late David Bowie. And we're even going to talk about those crazy videos where you see people trying to catch spiders the size of dinner plates on their ceiling, generally from Australia is where you see these. Yeah, it's going to be a good time, so let's get started. New Species, the podcast where we talk to scientists about their discoveries of organisms that are new to science, but not necessarily new to nature. We talk to the authors of these studies to get behind-the-scenes stories, to talk about why these discoveries should matter to everyone, not just scientists and to help people better understand the wonderful biodiversity of our planet. If you'd like to support this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash new species podcast. Welcome to New Species. I'm your host, Brian Patrick, and today I'm joined by Dr. Peter Jaeger, the head of arachnology at the Senckenberg Research Institute and Natural History Museum in Frankfurt, Germany. He's here today to talk to us about his recent paper in a special issue of Zootaxa in which he describes two new genera and two new species of huntsman spiders from Madagascar. Welcome, Peter. Hi, Brian. Nice to meet you. Yeah, meet me. Ah, that's a good one because we have known each other for a number of years. And, you know, the, the, one of the best things I have, I'm going to say this up front. This is not something that we had discussed before, but I wanted to make sure I say this. The great thing about this podcast is I've been able to talk to a lot of my heroes and you are actually one of them. I know that everybody always feels awkward when I say that, but I really do look up to you as, a, as an arachnologist and as a colleague and friend. And so it's, very, it's, a, it's a real pleasure to have you on. Yes, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here to, with you. And yeah, talk about taxonomy. That's, that's a great topic. Yeah, I, I think that more people need to know about it. And there's this paper that you just wrote is really interesting. You described two new genera and a new species in each of those, so two new species as well. But this issue is a little bit different than what you might normally find for a paper in Zootax. So this is part of a special issue. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I think this is an important thing that people should know about. Yeah. Uh, first, Zootaxa is a very large journal for descriptions of new species, new genera. We say in general, new taxa. Mm. So therefore, Zootaxa. And um, actually, this special issue is... Uh, to honor my PhD supervisor uh, on occasion of his 80th birthday. And uh, I did this already 15 years ago for his retirement. So, so he actually is one of the probably rare living persons, uh, you know, having two fashrifts or two special issues dedicated to him. And uh, yeah, we uh, invited many colleagues around the world and he's uh, famous for for uh, his research in uh, arachnology with harvestmen, actually, the Ophiliones, one order. And then the other field is uh, um, songbirds. And yeah, they're analyzing their voices and so on. Evolution. Yeah, and this, this special issue is called a, you, you used the word, and we, we were laughing at me trying to pronounce it earlier, Festschrift. Festschrift, <laughs> right, yeah. Festschrift. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, 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 I can't say it, but yeah, um, and and actually, I I totally understand that it is hard to pronounce. <laughs> yeah. But German That's... Germans, there. I've seen a number of these across a lot of different taxa. Like the, this is a fairly common thing to do, where people celebrate the life of a of somebody either still living in this case or occasionally passed on. There was another one done for Terry Irwin, 
in another journal, Zoo Keys, just very recently. Uh, he was, of course, one of the beetle taxonomists from uh, Smithsonian. And, and they use the same word, by the way. <laughs> and that one was for, for you know, it was, that was about an American. So it's not always like some German thing. This is a common word. It's just, I can't pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. I think kindergarten is easier. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and this paper is about huntsman spiders, right? And so tell us, what are huntsman spiders? Give us an idea of these things. Yeah. Yeah, so, so first of all, uh, when, I, when I started with my PhD or, or wanted to start, uh, I visited uh, my PhD supervisor, Jochen Martin, uh, in his lab in Mainz, uh, uh, Gutenberg University, and he had uh, still some material collected in Nepal from, from his various expeditions. And he said, okay, let, let's have a look what kind of group, let's say, it's left over because many were already treated by colleagues. And there were three, uh, this was the Aranadi, so these are two old weavers. Then uh, Seridaidi, which is uh, the cockweb spiders, I think, called in, in, in English. And then uh, the, the huntsman spiders, Seracity. So, and yeah, it was just a, quite spontaneous choice, let's say, to use the Hampton spider. And as the name says, it's, uh, they're not building any catching webs, but they're runners, they're hunters, they're nocturnal. And uh, some of these guys are uh, ambushers. That, let's say they, they are sitting in a night, for example, in front of a crevice or, or in front of a hole and, and just waiting until something is crossing their path and then they're grabbing immediately with their legs and, and, and biting uh, the prey. So, uh, and what, what can be impressive is the size. Yeah, um, very impressive are, sizes. Yeah, <laughs> there, there are those very small ones, uh, like I, I uh, describe right now, uh, four new genera with my doctoral students uh, from Southeast Asia and some are, some are from the canopy and they're only three, four millimeters in body length. So very small critters, but then I described the Heteropoda maxima from Laos, from La Ocean Cave system, and it has up to five centimeter body length and up to 30 centimeter leg span. So that is, yeah, quite impressive creature. So, so yeah, now you're talking about the size where we all see those videos in Australia where somebody's trying to catch a spider on the ceiling and it falls on their head. That's the kind of size of spider we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you yeah, get to that big. Uh, also, also uh, Australia is famous for the huntsman spiders. They have a special subfamily there, the Delenini, and <laughs> they're almost everywhere, even in cars or motorbikes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we even yeah. saw, I think you were there, we saw a fascinating video about somebody who was in the bush and they just left their car running and the huntsman spiders started walking to it. Do you remember that? I think we saw that uh, in Taiwan. You know, yeah, that, that, was, that was Robert Raven on a sandy island uh, offshore uh, in Australia and I think it was a diesel engine, and the diesel engine just attracted with the sound, with the vibrations transmitted uh, through the soil. All, all kind of, not only spiders, it was all kind of invertebrates just running uh, either to the wheels of yeah. The, yeah. Of the, or the tracks. So it was just avoiding this thing. And probably it is a response uh, for, for situations like uh, earthquakes or something like that, or tsunamis, just sure. go to higher, higher levels 
to be safe, right? But so, just so people who are listening to this are, are aware, this doesn't happen everywhere. This was one place on the planet where if you leave your car running, things will run to it. Most, most people don't want these enormous things running to their cars. <laughs> actually, I would like to try it in Laos or in Southeast Asia in general, uh, just to see whether a tuk-tuk or something like a you know, very <laughs> humming motor uh, or engine would, would, would do the same there. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, well, take it. Yeah, you just take a tuk tuk out to the middle of the forest and and let it run for a while and see who shows up. <laughs> yeah. And so the colorations on these can be quite varied as well, right? So uh, they they'll range anything from green to brown to all sorts of colors, right? Yeah. So, so uh, actually, we have, for example, in the only indigenous hunting spider in Germany or in the Paleartic, is or not Paleartic in in Germany, let's say. Is uh, Micromata virescent, uh, and virescent is Latin meaning green, and so this is a green spider, and this is uh, one of some or rare exceptions, let's say, which are not nocturnal but diurnal. So they are hunting during the day, and therefore they camouflage on green leaves uh, of the foliage. Yeah, and uh, so, but there are some, yeah, some green parasites. Which it's true if you're. Uh, Living in the foliage is always good to be green, <laughs> so not too many predators uh, are aware of these uh, nice prey items. <laughs> Have you and, ever seen any with some other bright colors on them? Anything with reds or anything on them? Uh, actually, there are only few. So, so most of them, most of them are really brown, yellowish brown. So more camouflage on, on soil or on bark, uh, on trees or, or whatever, whatsoever. So in case there are, of course. With, with some banded pattern on the legs and so on, but it's not, yeah, that's distinct. But I described once a special species of Hetropoda, which is one genus from, uh, mostly from, from Asia. And <clears throat> this was uh, named for David Bowie, so it's Hetropoda David Bowie. And this has a very contrasting pattern uh, of, of yellow and black in the, the frontal part. So it's, it uh, reminded me of David Bowie in his early years when he painted his face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, this is glam rock thing. And uh, so, and there's a, a most likely related species in Borneo, I guess. This is most likely undescribed. And it has this very red uh, calissary and, and these fangs, the, 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 yeah, the, the basal segment of the fangs is just really red. And yeah, I would like to see this, of course, uh, in my lab. But, not sure. yet arrived, let's say. <laughs> and, and in fairness, Peter, you are an enormous David Bowie fan, so it's not unusual that something would remind you of David Bowie, just so people are aware. It wasn't just, I mean, you're famously a David Bowie fan, always wearing David Bowie t-shirts when I see you. Yeah. 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 David Bowie, actually, is, uh, he was probably also quite nocturnal, uh, like Hunting <laughs> There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. And obviously, obviously, he never, let's say, really replied to, to this honor or to this species, but uh, I, I was sending it to his, uh, to his, um, his publicist, maybe, or whatsoever, yeah, uh, Eileen Darcy to New York, but never heard uh, directly from him. So, yeah, oh, that's okay. <laughs> he, he probably just thought, oh, there's a new species of spider named after me. Cool. <laughs> probably, yeah, yeah. And, and what are these, we've talked a little bit about it uh, already, the coloration on these particular ones, you have color photos in the, in the paper. They also fall on that kind of yellowish brown, right? 
Yeah. And, the and what do these do ecologically then? Where are we finding these two new genera? <laughs> when I would use this, I would be happy. So that's, that's a problem <laughs> we face sometimes when we are not on site and collected it by ourselves. So uh, the problem is uh, I have never been to Madagascar. I described several species in genera from there, but I, I have in front of me just um, preserved specimens, which are mostly with faded colors, with faded you know, patterns. And, and so I can only very indirectly uh, think of where they could have lived. <laughs> sure, yeah. sure. Of course, we are scientists and we should be very, very careful with any statements about the the ecology or biology of the spiders when we have only preserved specimens. So, but <clears throat> I have uh, described uh, another genus from from Madagascar, which is uh, Thunberger for uh, Greta Thunberg, and I I the, uh, the climate the, activist, yeah, yeah, the climate are, are unaware of who we're talking about. Those sixteen, <laughs> yeah. I, are those, I guess now she's seventeen or eighteen. Uh, act, climate activist. Who yes. famously trolled Trump with the the scowl on her face? Yeah, yeah. So the new genus name for her. Please continue. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, and uh, it's okay. And and I described twenty six new species from there. And uh, interestingly, there I had some live photos from amateurs from France and from other countries. And I I got the permission to use these. And <clears throat> so here by chance i got some pictures of where they hunt and and this was in the foliage and now coming back to the the new genus which is one is dedicated to my phd supervisor so it's martens and the genus name is martensicara icara is a kind of a ending of madagascar in the language of malagasy people so and <clears throat> And the other one is Delemanikara, because Krista Deleman is another colleague. She turned 90 last year and still active. She uh, publishes still some papers about jumping spiders in Borneo. <laughs> so very cool lady. Great. <laughs> and and um, yeah, actually, coming, coming back to your question about the ecology, um, in Thunberga, I found in females some marks on the uh, prosoma, which is a four parts of the body. Can you yeah, say this? Two sections on a spider. This is the front half with all the legs and the pointy parts on it. Right. And and there were always two marks in yeah, in a distance where it could be that the male during the copulation or mating process just hold on with his fangs. Yeah, so, so he bites he, to he hang on. Some, yeah. He left some small scars, let's say. The love and I bites. Found these in, Sorry? Love bites. Love bites, right. <laughs> and, and these love bites probably are due to, you know, when a, when a, a male is clinging on a, on a female for this uh, mating and then copulation process, and I, the, the female is probably uh, running in the foliage of some shrubs which are moving in the wind in the night, then probably it's good to have a good grip to have a good hold so and and probably this might be something adaptive to this situation and now coming again back to matenjikara there were also in the very few specimens i had these bite marks so it might be that matenjikara yocheni is living also in the foliage and most likely also nocturnal 
Hunter. Yeah, and you you referenced that actually in the paper. I thought that was fascinating that you think that there might be at least a, a morphological relationship with what's happening in Thunberga. Uh, right. Actually, these two new genera I described right now in the recent paper, uh, these were really hard to place, hard to recognize. I had only females, usually, or in, a, in an optimal case, you will have a male and a female or many of them, so you can see all kinds of differences in both sexes and can compare it with other genera or other species and so on, which we uh, conclude then in a differential diagnosis, making clear what differences are really diagnostic sure. for this special taxon. So, and <laughs> in, in this case, it was really a mixture of all kinds of uh, character sets and character states, and it was really hard. But um, in, yeah. In but total, you did decide, I mean, we, you stated in the paper, you stated in the paper yeah. that there's enough there that you think this is just different enough. It's not just a new species, this is a new genus. Yes, there are yes, so many characters. Actually, actually, every every genus I checked on in Madagascar and also in, in Eastern Africa or in whole Southern Africa uh, was completely not fitting to this character set. So it was yeah the only chance to erect a new genus, name it, and then describe the species within this new genus. Right, and so you found this specimen sitting in collections. Were they how long ago were they collected? Oh, I don't know. Shall I, shall I have a look or can you have a look? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't I have I thought you would know right. the answer, so I didn't bother <laughs> looking at it myself. I'm very sorry. I'm so unprepared, Brian. Uh, 1995 for one of them. That's not so long ago. No, it's, I'm 26 years. Yeah. And Sometimes it, it is 100 years and more. One of these appears to be 1970. Yeah. So that one's, you know, 50 some odd years ago. Actually, this, uh, the, the, the type of Delemanicara Christe is 53 years old. As right. I am. <laughs> Very happy. And actually, it was collected in the month where I was born, when I was born. February oh, see, now. now that's getting creepy. It's like the world knew that Peter was coming to study sporacids. And so there was an, a specimen collected for a new species for him to describe. On his birthday, it was collected. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> very cool um, yeah but uh, yeah for example this guy uh, apparently a, a French colleague A. Dot Lambillon uh, collected in February 1968 and it was deposited in Tervuren in the Museum for Central Africa and and then it was lying there for decades Nobody cared, and then, then um, yeah, I asked for material and to, to do some revisions, and this turned out uh, actually to be a very interesting specimen. But for example, <clears throat> when I when I when I borrow all this material, I sort it first to special groups, and for example, when I um, revise a larger group like Olios, Olios had I think more than 200 species worldwide, and then I. Uh, collect everything from, from every museum, put it together to have a big revision. So this means that I, I really go deep into this taxon, Olios, into this genus, and have a look worldwide where, whether all species are indeed 
uh, all your species are probably have to be transferred to other genera and so on and so forth. It's, it's very time investing. Yeah, uh, it's a long consuming. process with a lot of yeah. detailed work. Yeah, it, it, it can, it can um, let's say, take probably two, three years until such a paper is then done. And, and then such specimens like this here were just put aside and have, yeah, have to wait for, <laughs> for another uh, paper or for another opportunity. And this opportunity was now with when I uh, started to organize this pet shift. You like this word? I know. <laughs> for for <Yoga> Martin. <laughs> and now it is out. So it's always um, yeah, a very happy moment when you see your your child is born. <laughs> and actually I have I have now more than four hundred of these new species I described in the past. And yeah, it's it's good to know that I contribute to to uh, enlighten a bit the what lives with us on our planet. Sure. Sure. And on that note, you've gone to some pretty exotic places to look for these. Tell us what it's like to try to find huntsman spiders. For, for example, you've done quite a bit of work in Southeast Asia, Thailand and Laos and those sorts of places. How challenging yeah. is it to find these, especially at night in the jungle? Sounds like it can almost be a little dangerous. Ah, yeah. I Probably um, the humankind managed that the jungles are not so dangerous any longer because we, you know, make many, many wildlife going extinct and, and have only very small reserves left. And, and this kind of a sad situation, sorry <laughs> for this negative point here, but it is still very nice. For example, when I uh, take my, my, my second, let's say home country, which is Laos, I stayed there probably 14 times right now, and I, I will, certainly go uh, when the crisis is gone uh, again to Laos and yeah when you when you um, go there you probably render bike and then you go around and, and look for nice places where you could probably uh, walk in the night and and you know safely return to the hotel of course it's <laughs> also important and then uh, during the uh, sunset you're going there to these places and what is probably the, the, the most important equipment for a night catch is your head torch. Yeah, yeah? your, your head, headlamp. Yeah. Headlight, the headlight is very important in a way that you will spot every single spider which looks in a way into your direction with its eight eyes because these uh, eyes have a special layer which is called tapetum and this tapetum is uh, Reflecting Reflective. the light, yeah. and so then you can see these eyes shining in twenty meters or even more. It's 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 really cool. So so you have to just spot this uh, uh, little place, and then you have to yeah. But then you have to make a but straight not, line for it without stepping on something. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yes, yes, uh, and uh, then you have to approach carefully because uh, they of course detect all kind of uh, vibrations. And when a vibration is too strong, then it's of course an enemy and it will run away. So be very careful. <laughs> <laughs> and there, even in the night, it is of course quite hot in the jungle. So uh, they are lightning quick. So, and yeah, you have to be yeah, quicker. You make this sound a little romantic. Like you just kind of, oh, I just got off my bike and walked in the jungle. You've done some backpacking into some pretty deep areas in the jungle to look for some of these, as I recall. 
Haven't you gone deep yeah. into like Thailand or someplace there? And and in, in yeah, when uh, my first tour actually was in in China with my uh, with Jochen Martens again. <laughs> you see, he has a strong yeah. influence, and actually he invited me to this first tour, um, and I'm still uh, grateful for this. And we stayed there four weeks in oh what Shanxi Province. Uh, it was in the Thai Bai Shan. It was a mountain range actually. And uh, we went there and uh, had a yeah, kind of a hotel. The price for the hotel room was per person per night, one German mark, uh, <laughs> which was not really too much, but uh, service was okay. And then we um, went up the hill for all the mountains, one time for, uh, to 3,000 meters, one time to uh, 2,500 meters in the rhododendron bamboo zone and stayed there with a tent. And had to bring all luggage with us and so on. It was 20, 25 kilograms. And I lost in these four weeks seven kilograms. <laughs> <laughs> so you lost 20 pounds or 10 kilograms in that time. <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is wow. Uh, that was really exhausting, but it was also nice. It was, um, yeah, you're in the nature, nobody's around, just but, you know, plants and spiders and, of course, other animals. And um, yeah, it was great fun there. Right. And so as you're out there, there's, you know, there's a, you're in the jungle, there's a great deal of diversity. And it seems like you, every time you go into the field, now part of this is because you're an expert and you know what you're looking for, you keep coming back with new species. Why is it important that we continue with biodiversity discovery like this? Why do people need to keep looking for new species? Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, when, when people approach me saying, oh, Peter, did you ever discovers a new species, of course, then I'm laughing just internally, not yeah, just sure. course, but internally, because I know as a scientist, as a biologist, that we only know probably 10% of our diversity in our planet. It doesn't matter whether it's on a deep, in a deep sea or in a jungle. Uh, yeah, of course, in, in Germany or some other place like Japan or Northern America, it's probably uh, not so many species to dis discover, but in the, in the tropics, you just collect something in a place where probably never someone yeah, collected you, before. And then you have 90% new. Yeah, at least 90% chance so. that it's new. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's first thing. And um, then, of course, we, as, as I said, it's, 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 it's really we have only 10% knowledge of what we, what lives on our planet. And if you would like to understand our planet and the ecological, let's say, connection. So, so when, when we make some impact, and, and, and we, we certainly doing this all the time as human beings, when we are building a road, when we are planning a settlement anywhere, or planning um, whatever, a dam, uh, yeah, to, for, for energy reasons or whatsoever, then we should be aware what we are losing, what we are, uh, what, what kind of influence we are bringing to this nature and what consequences this means for the humans as a, let's say, backflow or an eco, let's say, or whatsoever. So everything we are doing on our planet has a reaction in the nature, right? So when we are, for example, cutting trees in a mountain range, we will have more uh, landslides. Uh, that's easy to understand, but uh, probably what's not so easy to understand is when we are going to pollinators, let's say, and, and we are influencing 
uh, badly the, the honeybees and, and other pollinators by using chemicals as insecticides and so on. And then we, we, we shouldn't wonder when we have no pollinators any longer and our uh, orchids and, and whatever are not functioning any longer. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. So, so and, and for that reason, I guess, it is really absolute imminent to know what is there, what is this, let's say, complex system, how is it working, how is it working together with other systems and so on. And we can do this only when we give names to the species and we can communicate about these species, what they're doing, and then we can attach more information about the biology, ecology, uh, uh, preferences, and so on. And we can probably also better start to model uh, future solutions and future uh, perspectives in terms of when global warming is getting stronger and, and when, peop uh, when people, I say when people, of course, too, but species will move and shift probably sure. more northwards and so on and so forth. So it's really, really important to know about these basics, let's say, and then we can start to use this information for probably making a better world. We shouldn't uh, forget about what nature brings us as enjoyment. We're going sure. to a green, or we like to go to a green environment in the holidays. We're enjoying butterflies. We're enjoying birds. We're enjoying whales or dolphins. And for example, when I take Heteropoda David Bowie, actually the first specimens were brought by some pet keepers here in Germany. And then they asked me at that time, Peter, do you know what kind of huntsman this is? I said, oh, wow, I, I, I've never seen this before. And I checked and I checked also, of course, the collection here in Senckenberg Research Institute. And I found the specimen collected more than 100 years ago. But actually, uh, the, the, the pet keepers just brought it to me and, and brought it up. And, and so I described it then. Well, Peter, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It really was a treat to talk to you for a while. Uh, you are one of my favorite people to always see at meetings, although we haven't seen each other in person in quite a while. In yeah, a that's years. right. We'll try to it correct was... that soon. <laughs> yeah, 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 certainly. Thank you for, for interviewing me here or giving me the chance to, to, to say something. And um, yeah, have a good time and then good luck with your podcast then. Well, thanks a lot, Peter. And thanks for bringing, being on the podcast. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Once again, Dr. Peter Yeager's paper is in the June 10 issue of Zootaxa. The title of the paper is Two New Enigmatic Genera of Huntsman Spiders from Madagascar. See the episode details for a link to his paper. And to learn more about Peter, check out the episode notes for more information. Be sure to follow New Species on Twitter, at Podcast Species. And like the podcast on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash New Species Podcast. And if you'd like to support this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash new species podcast.